0: There's so a lot of good stuff happening here at New Hope Church. And at this time, we're going to get ready to receive our tithes and offerings. So ushers, if you could please prepare for that. And as you guys saw in today's announcements in the, in the video, we had 34 people that got baptized at, Co- at Coconut Island last week Sunday. And you know what's so amazing is that that means 34 people, their eternities have been forever changed because of their decision. And the most amazing part is this. When we give our tithes and offerings, we get to be part of that. That we get to help, we get to be uh, a part of God's plan to reach people far from him so that their eternities are forever changed starting now. And you might be here visiting us for the very first time and if that's you, we ask that you don't feel obligated to give. In fact, just receive this service as a gift unto you. Maybe you're visiting us from another church and we uh, we we want to just continue to encourage you to give wherever you attend service regularly. But if New Hope Church is where you call home, would you know that it is such a great way where we not only get to be blessed, but now we get to be blessings to others because we trust in the Lord, knowing he's going to make differences and changes in the lives of his people. Would you bow His name me as we pray for this morning's tithes and offerings? Lord, we come before you this morning, Lord, and Lord, we want to just give you all the honor and glory for being our God. And what you did last week, Sunday, in the lives of those 34 people, As well as what you're doing today and forever, Lord, because of who you are. And Lord, right now, as we give you our tithes and offerings, Lord, we do so with a cheerful heart, knowing, Lord, that you're going to take it and you're going to multiply so that more and more people come to know you as their Lord and Savior. That, Lord, they're going to find hope, they're going to have their faith, and they're going to be loved by you. And, Lord, it is such a blessing to be able to be blessings, all in your name and so lord right now we give it to you lord and we look forward to what you're going to do in the lives of your people thank you lord for loving us for allowing us to be part of your plan we pray this all in jesus name and we all said amen
1: aloha the kind airlines would like to announce the arrivals a flight number 342, destination from Honolulu. Flight number 247 bound for Maui is delayed. Hey, thank you.
2: you! gotta put
1: a pigeon out of the engine by 45 minutes. We'll be ready to board in about 45 minutes, so sit tight and kick back. We'll get you guys to Maui. Aloha. Beep. to me. I, I told you, yeah, Sunday is the worst day to travel. Yeah, I know. Should have went church. I know, but I just got promoted, and I set this meeting up with all these guys. Yeah, and half the guys show up. I didn't understand. I'm like, I set up these meetings. I sent out the emails, all the memos, and yes, yeah, they don't pick up the slack. I got all these new guys that, that are better workers than the old guys. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying, right? And then, you know, like, I know, I know, I, I'm trying to be, you know, but I, I get grouchy when I come home because of all this stuff that happens at work. Yeah, we got really good workers that gotta do everything for the guys that's not so good. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I'm in, I'm in the airport, I, I know, I'm kinda snappy, but the flight got delayed. Sundays, it always happens to me. Actually, it seems like it always happens to me every time I travel. I know, I know. I'll be home. Yes, I'll text you as soon as I get on the plane. They said 45-minute delay. Pigeon is in the engine, they said. Yeah. Believe that, yeah? I'm hoping there's going to be something ready for me to eat. Come on. Really? (sighs) Sorry, auntie. Yeah, so... Yes. Yes. Yeah, I can make dinner when I get home, but you guys always complain. I I make so much dishes. You guys always complaining. Yeah, you guys always on your guys' devices that I got to work hard to pay for. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I love you too. I'll text you when I get on the plane. Bye-bye. Sorry about that, Auntie.
3: Who was that? Your wife?
1: No, no, that was my six-year-old daughter. Oh... (laughs)
0: Oh. I would
1: never talk to my wife like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, you heard me. So frustrating. I'm always frustrated about nothing ever goes my way.
3: Hmm. It seems to me that I've discovered if you spent as much time and energy in prayer, you might see things turn out differently.
1: Wow, Auntie. (laughs) Jeez. Okay, I, I know I pray. So I pray for dinner all the time and food. But I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. So... Uh,
3: well, let's try praying about this situation.
1: W- you mean pray right now? Yes. In this airport?
3: Why not? God is listening.
1: When everybody's looking. Okay, we go pray. Kine Airlines would like to announce the arrivals of flight number 342, destination a, from Honolulu. Flight number 247. Aloha! The Kind Airlines gets some good news. Flight number 247 from Maui is now boarding. Hey, Frankie, a pigeon will just stand up and fly away. Tell them, tell them. Huh. Apparently, the Pigeon would just stand up and fly away. Oh, so please God. proceed to gate number seven for boarding. You're a going on this flight? And have a good flight.
3: Right. I am going on this flight. Hey, Auntie, you mind if we pray on the plane? I think that's a great idea. All God right. is everywhere, anytime.
1: What seat number are you,
3: Auntie? 1A.
1: Oh, first class. Maybe if I pray hard, I can be first class too, yeah? Mm, maybe. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, prayer prayer is amazing and i think we all pray or we learn how to pray can we thank them one more time just for that presentation we we all we all i think we all pray but there are some of us who are trying to learn how to pray and today we're ending our series his kingdom his wisdom and god is going to give us his wisdom on how to pray did you know that prayer when God gave that to mankind, is probably one of the most underutilized tools that He has given to mankind prayer, as well as the effectiveness of prayer. We forget how effective prayer can be, and we tend to forget how powerful prayer can be. It's like one of those unseen things that God has given to us that we take for granted, that you and I can pray to God anytime. And part of this, this message today is a challenge to all of us. And we're calling it the 40-40 Prayer Challenge. And I'm going to explain that a little bit. But before we do, I'm going to ask our prayer team to come up. And I wanted to introduce you to our prayer team because they pray. Oh, you guys can come up right now. Uh, They pray over this church all the time. As well as, you know, the prayer requests that you put in the bulletin or you put in the the offering bucket. You write down your prayer request and then we put it together. And then the staff prays through it as well as the prayer team. And together, we get to see God move in tremendous ways. So this is not the entire prayer team, but we get to pray over them today. And I think being a part of the prayer team, uh, one thing that people don't realize is it's, a lot of it is behind the scenes. Uh, But because it's behind the scenes, I'll say, brother? You good? (laughs) This is Uncle Obed. uh, He belongs to Auntie Chris, so he's your responsibility this morning. Oh, good. But these, these are our, 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 uh, our prayer warriors, and I just want to let you know that we have a prayer room available. So if any time you need prayer, uh, even in between services, you can head to our prayer room, and one of, these, uh, one of our prayer team uh, members will pray over you. And everything stays confidential. And the neat thing is that they'll always lead you to Jesus, not themselves, because we're human beings that God uses to bring people closer to himself, and I wanted to ask Roxanne. Roxanne is one of our elders. And so thank you for being here, Roxanne. I know you're, you're not feeling too well. And so we're going to pray for you. But uh, you. <laughs> you've been at this church for a while, and you've been a part of the prayer team. Mm-hmm. You oversee our Wednesday morning prayer team. Mm-hmm. And what do you guys do on Wednesday morning, and what is that like? Mm, actually, there's a,
1: a tiny group of us. There's only like five, four or five women. And we gather every Wednesday in the morning. And all the prayer requests that come from each service is typed up by the office and given to us. And so we gather and we intercede on your behalf. And um, people think, well, we just pray the Wednesday, but we don't. We take those prayer requests home. It's kept confidential. And then we pray over it again and again and again throughout Mm -hmm. the whole week till the following week. So your prayers are not just interceded for one time a week. Know that, you know, you're covered and that you are blessed because we have to have Discernment. We don't pray what we feel we want to pray for. We ask God to lead us in how we pray on your behalf. So just be assured of that. It's not us. It's mm-hmm. God.
2: Yeah, and to Chris, you've been a part of this church for a while, maybe 30-something years and from the very beginning, but you've been a part of the prayer team for a while too, uh, and you see people come in and, and uh, a lot of struggle sometimes. But what, what drew you to be a part of the prayer team?
3: I guess wanting to see people encouraged in the Lord. And as I was encouraged in the Lord, people prayed over me and I progressed in my walk Mm -hmm. and wanted to give back. So uh, I wanted to just mention that all of us up here we're not counselors. We are uh, prayer ministers. So we take whatever your prayer is and we take it before the Lord. And uh, our hope is that you leave encouraged Mm. and filled with hope for the future. It is really about Learning to hear the Lord. Yeah,
2: that's so powerful. Now, Jordan, one of, our, uh, one of our core values here at this church is to raise up the next generation. And Jordan, how old are you right now? I'm 17, Pastor Sheldon. 17. I remember when your voice changed from little kid to, Hi, Pastor Sheldon. How's it, Pastor Sheldon? So, but it's, it's neat to watch you grow up in the church and you've been, well, you've been here since you were born. So uh, what is it like being a teenager and praying over people and learning about prayer? Um, so for me, uh, I know my walk isn't set yet, but um, for me, praying personally, uh, when I
0: pray, I feel a connection to God that um, I can't really, like, explain, but um, I'm able to have discipline in my life. I'm able to um, ground myself in the Lord, and I'm really able just to um,
2: hear what God wants to say in my life and how to really um, be with others and how to just act on my own, yeah. And the neat thing is, you, you also are part of the youth uh, worship team. You also led worship on Wednesday night. So God is using you in tremendous ways. And so when you see young people like this around the church, you know, say a prayer for them that God would use them in a mighty way at an early age. And so what we're going to do this morning is we're going to pray over our prayer team and just bless them. And if you do need prayer, then please head to the, the prayer room uh, afterwards or anytime uh, during our services. And even on our app, our church app, there's a place for prayer requests. Our website has a place for prayer requests that you can always send that in, and then you'll have people pray over you, okay? I'm going to ask you to reach or stretch your hand forward as you agree in prayer. And so, Lord, right now we just pray over Uncle Obed and Auntie Chris. We pray over Leonard and Sally. Lord, we pray over Susie and Lester. Pray over Craig. Lord, we pray over Marilyn. We pray over Jordan. Lord, we pray for healing in Roxanne that she would feel better your complete healing in her body, and give her rest, Lord. We pray for Wendy and this whole entire team that you have anointed, your hand is upon them, and you have set them apart to be used for you as a powerful tool and an instrument to help people find healing and hope and restoration and forgiveness that they may find you. And that's our heart today, Lord. So we thank you for this team. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all said together, amen, amen. Can we just thank our team? You say thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Or well, you can take out your notes with us as we talk about this one challenge. It is a 40-40 prayer challenge. Now, there are many challenges that you'll find in social media. Remember we had the ice bucket challenge? I'm not going to raise your hand, uh, ask you to raise your hand if you did that because people challenged me and I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I'll, I'll let other people do that. I just, wasn't, I, I just wasn't ready for that. I don't know what it was, but I, just, I didn't do it. Also, there was a one that was dangerous. It was the cinnamon challenge. And please don't do that because that one is dangerous. There are other challenges that came up through the internet and social media that people would need to do. And when they did these challenges, it spread like wildfire because people are always up for a challenge. People always want to be challenged, but it's, it's what they're challenged with that is going to make a difference in life. Some challenges are dangerous. Some challenges are fun. Some challenges will uh, bring laughter to other people. And then some challenges will come and go, and some will just fade away. I was leading someone to the Lord over the phone and praying the the prayer with that person, what we call the prayer of salvation. And they said this. They said, "Um, is is everything going to be okay as we pray over the phone? Like, is, is the prayer is the energy of the prayer going to diminish because we're on the phone? Because they thought through the, you know, the airwaves or the phone lines that the prayer was going to kind of diminish, kind of like electricity that you need a boost somewhere to keep it going. And I said, no, no, no. The prayer is not going through the phone. It's going straight to God. And I think that's what we tend to forget is that when we pray, we're praying to God. For some of us, and I've been at this place before, that we think, well, I, God cannot hear me because of what I'm doing, and I don't want to come to God because I feel guilty. Well, Jesus Christ died for you and I so that we can have direct access to God, no shame, no guilt. And that happens as a result of God's love for us. So God is not a heavenly father, kind of like our earthly father, that when you did something wrong and you have to go to dad that you're going to feel like something bad is going to happen. No, no. God already knows he wants us to come to him because he wants us to partner with him. So he gave us what is called prayer. Prayer is paramount to the life of a believer. It's something that we need in our life, and it's something that God gave us to connect with him. In the Bible, this number, 40, is mentioned over 145 times. And the reason why it's mentioned that many times is because God has... God has specific numbers for specific things. But when it comes to this number 40, he uses that number as a way to uh, test, as a way for trials, and uh, as a way for probation. In fact, the Israelites were in the wilderness for 40 years. Jonah preached to the city of Nineveh for 40 days on repentance. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights to fast and pray before he started his public ministry. These numbers, 40, is significant to God. Moses was up on Mount Sinai for 40 days, came down, saw the Israelites not doing things that were pleasing to God. Then he spent another 40 days and 40 nights. He was receiving the laws of God, the Ten Commandments, but then he was also pleading for the the nation of Israel. So you have all of these different dynamics taking place within this 40-day time time period or 40-year time period. So for us, here's the challenge. That we would take 40 seconds of prayer, or pray for 40 seconds every day for 40 days straight. Now you might be thinking, oh, I I pray more than that. This is is separate from your normal prayer time. If you do devotions, you read the Bible, and you have prayers, that's one thing. This one is specifically set aside for this challenge. It's a 40-second prayer for 40 days we have an app. It's not our app, but there is an app called Echo. And in this app, you can put in your 40-second prayer. You can type it out if you want to. And you can put a reminder on it that it will remind you every day. And you can set it for 40 days that you will be reminded on that specific prayer. So it's not just praying randomly. It is a specific prayer. Let's just say you're praying for Uh, hope or healing or you're praying for your finances or a job you're praying for a loved one you're praying for a sickness whatever it is it's a specific prayer and you pray for 40 days and 40 seconds a day 40 seconds is not that long it's a commercial and a half so pray for 40 seconds and you can time yourself if you want to and then the hope is because it takes 21 days to form a habit that we will develop the habit of prayer And if you want to continue after the 40 days, that would be great. But that's our challenge, the 40-40 prayer challenge. I will also post on our Instagram and Facebook a 40-second prayer for you as the church. And we're going to do that for 40 days. And so we'll do that as a part of not just a reminder, but as a part of our 40-40 challenge as a church. And we'll do that together. And we'll see what happens, see what God does. But he'll constantly do powerful things because we're the ones saying to him, we trust in you. And we're the ones that is saying, God, we want to change so that we can be more and more of the person you see us to be. And when God sees a heart like that, a heart that seeks after him, he comes down and he blesses and blesses and blesses. And even though we may struggle with prayer, there is one who is the mediator, the one who is the author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ, who comes in and he He helps us through our prayer time. He carries it through to perfection. We are all in this school of prayer as it was, as it were. And when he teaches us, we get to learn from him. In fact, next week, we're kicking off a new series called The Master's Class. And we're going to learn that we're all in a classroom in life under the leadership of Jesus Christ, that he's the master and we are in the master's class. And so we're going to learn about that and what that looks like. Because when it comes to prayer, prayer is is learned. God teaches us how to pray, and Jesus showed us how to pray. Even the simplest of children can learn to pray, and at the same time, it is the highest and holiest practice that we can do. Prayer. It's our connection with God. See, prayer is that important and that valuable because it connects us with the one, true, holy, eternal God. That's a big thing. So we're going to learn how to pray today, but we're also going to learn the power of prayer and what prayer isn't. And if if it is Jesus who himself, as he prayed, if it is him who teaches, then we have the best teacher when it comes to prayer. Jesus was a phenomenal teacher. And by the Holy Spirit, what happens is you have the best of the prayer or the best person who prayed, the one who knows about prayer, the one who teaches about prayer, The one who now lives in us to be that mediator for us. He's now the intercessor for us. And so he teaches us how to pray and he breathes in us the Holy Spirit. He lives in us so that through him and by him we can learn how to pray. And he's he's powerful in that. So we're going to learn that he's going to be living in and through us. And he shows us that we can be hindered in our prayers because of our sinful nature. But when his spirit lives in us, then it is him empowering us to pray. And he's going to give us the assurance that we can be pleasing to God. Look at our scriptures. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. Paul the apostle says this to younger Timothy. He says, for there is only one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity. And who is that? The man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. So he opens the doors for us to learn about prayer and intercession. And that there's, the, there's power in that. And not only does he teach us, but he gives us the thoughts of what to ask and how to ask. And he breathes that within us. So we're going to look at three things that will help us in what we call this prayer or the 40-40 uh, prayer challenge and the first thing is to learn this that w- that it takes training to pray so you got to train to pray just think of prayer as a powerful uh, a, a powerful uh, spiritual uh, life that god has given to you and i it is a lifestyle that he wants us to live so there must come tr- there must be training with that just think of any athlete Any professional athlete, right now it's the NBA finals, so you're watching these teams do well and some not doing so well. And if your team is out, sorry. If your team is in, awesome. These players don't train right now. When game time hits, they're not saying, okay, so what are we doing? Okay, so how do I run? Okay, so how should I jump? How do I shoot? Where do I go? That's not the time. When do they train? During practice. They don't train during game time. Now you can learn some things during game time, but they don't wait till game time. And so it is with us, God says, there's going to come a time in life where you're going to need prayer. So you're going to need to train for it. And there are going to be times in life where you're going to see your life taking a turn for the worst. Or your children, or your loved ones, your spouse, or something happens in life and now you're ripped apart. Your heart is broken. And God says, so we're going to train for that. So when that day comes, you know how to pray. And you're not caught off guard because you've been training for this. No athlete goes into the ring, the octagon, the field, on the mat. They don't wait for that day to say, okay, now I'm ready to train. By then, you're done. You're taken over by the opponent. No, you train. You train prior to those times. The Israelites had three main national days of worship and it was three times a year that the men would gather at the temple in jerusalem and they would gather for passover in april they would gather for the feast of weeks uh, in may and then they'll gather for the feast of tents in october so they had these gatherings and because of these gatherings they had to make sacrifices to get there and then do their prayer and worship to god But they did that often because they needed to learn about prayer. And God taught them about prayer at an early age. For us, if you've come to know the Lord within the past year or so, you've been learning about prayer. If you've known Jesus your whole life and you grew up in the church, we're still learning about prayer. But it's not about the prayer itself. It's really about the one we're praying to and the relationship that we have with him. So when we train for prayer, there's so much more than just the words we're saying In the book of Luke, chapter 11, verse 1, once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. Just as John taught his disciples. Can you teach us to pray? This tells me that we need to learn how to pray. There is training that goes with it. Teach us to pray. Did you know that out of all the things that Jesus did, miracles and or as well as how well Jesus spoke, He's a great preacher. He spoke so well that people said, this is, he's not like any other teacher. He speaks with authority. There's something with his words. He was so good at speaking. He even told fishermen how to fish. Hey, cast your net on the other side. And they caught so many fish that their nets began to break. So Jesus did great things. He did wonderful things. He walked on water. But his disciples didn't ask Jesus to teach them about all of those things. They asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. There's something about Jesus' prayer life that caught the attention of the disciples. So much so that they said, Jesus, yeah, that, those things are great. But I think if we, were lear- if we learned how to pray, if you trained us in this, we would be able to do all of that. And I think for, for us, sometimes we want... All of that, we want the miracles, we want all the great things, Jesus multiplying the fish and the bread. We like the miracle side of it, but we forget about the practice and the training to lead up to all of that. Because prayer is all behind the scenes. And they said, teach us, teach us to pray. In James chapter 4, verse 3, it says, And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Now, if Jesus himself prayed, and if his disciples who walked with Jesus asked Jesus to teach them to pray, how much more should we? And what the book of James is saying is, just watch your motives when you're praying. Because sometimes we pray prayers like, Lord, change him. Lord, change her. Like, make them different. Make him listen. Make her listen. And so we pray these prayers, but sometimes the Lord is saying, well, how can you change? Oh, no, no, that's not me. It's not me. No, 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 no. What, what, what do you need to change? Because if we were to pray the prayer, Lord, what are you teaching me? Help me to change. Now we're in training. And it's through those prayers that Jesus would say, here are some things that I'm doing. And when you're praying a prayer that is non-selfish or your motives are correct, then, then God hears our prayers in that context. But if our motives are all wrong, it says you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. See, I think we have discernment. We have discernment that, yes, this person can do better. Yes, I can do better. But if we don't have the character to go with it, then discernment alone without character equals us being critical, judgmental, and fault-finding. Now, that's what was happening with some of the men, and, and Peter, one of the disciples, had to address this. He came to the men in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, and he said, you know, in the same way, in the same way, so he's comparing it to what's going on with the men. He says, in the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. Now I when mean, Peter is saying this, it almost sounds like he's saying that women are the weaker vessel. But what Peter is addressing is the men were treating them as weaker. And yeah, maybe physical strength. Some men might be stronger than their wives. And sometimes there's wives that are stronger than their men or their husbands. But that's not what Peter was talking about. He was saying, okay, guys, this is what you're doing. You're making your wives less than you. And that's not how God created them. He created them male and female. In the image of God, he created them. In other words, he created us equal. It was mankind that put kind of like a a stepping stool or or kind of like the levels or an authority over rather than an authority of a support and an authority to build up and not tear down. So it wasn't a lesser role, but because... That what was ha- that's what was happening. Peter said, okay, husbands, likewise. If that's how you're saying it's supposed to be, likewise. It should also be where you should treat her in this kind of way. Otherwise, what's happening is your prayers are being hindered because this is not how God lined it up. Now, this might be new for some of you. It might be stinging you a little bit. For some of you wives, you're smiling right now. But nonetheless, this is how God created us. When we get married, the Bible says the two shall become one. Not 0.25 and 0.75 become one. He says no, the two become one. And so as we're learning about prayer, know that our our prayers can be hindered by the way we treat one another. And it's a principle. It's not just husband and wife, but it's also wife and husband. That we should treat each other in this kind of way with understanding and that even though we may find ourselves at at odds end, we come together in the name of God and we treat each other well how we should so that our prayers would not be hindered. See, it's kind of like the Bible is saying our prayers are only as effective as how well we treat our spouse. That's kind of like the mark and how effective it is. Now, you might be thinking, but I'm not married. Then good for you. (laughs) This, This scripture does not apply to you. You're off the hook because you're not treating your spouse in that kind of way because no more. So yours would more be on the side of how you treat other people. Oh, that's probably worse. Yeah, it's like, oh, great. But that's where God says your respect towards him is going to be shown in other people. And how you love God is is measured by the person we love the least. So he says, when you pray to me, know that your motives and all, I put, that, I put all of that into consideration. That's part of our training when it comes to prayer. I, I was on Oahu Friday and, and flew in last night, and I was there to do a funeral. And because the funeral was about 3 o'clock, I ate lunch at around 12, 12.30, had the funeral, had to jump on the plane to get back here, And so I didn't eat dinner. So by the time I landed, I was super hungry. Not hungry, super hungry. So I came in and Heidi picked me up at the airport and she had dinner. And she said, let's go park somewhere so that we can eat. And this is what was going on in my mind. I was thinking a couple things. One, I need to go home and I need to get ready because it was past 8 o'clock. Get ready to be here this morning, become here early in the morning. So that went on in my mind. Then I thought... But if we wait till we get home, then it's going to be cold. But I don't want to eat separate from her because she said, I can drive home and then you can eat on the way home. So I'm battling with all of this. And have you ever been in a position, men, you don't know the answer. Like almost every answer you give is going to be wrong. Like if I eat, then she might say, oh, really, you would eat without me? (laughs) Or really, you you wouldn't drive and let me eat? So I'm going through all of this in my head. And then I'm thinking, what is the best answer? So so I said, said, Lord, knowing that I'm talking about this scripture tomorrow, that one tagline was bothering me. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. So I said, Lord, what do I do? And he says, just go park for 15 minutes and eat dinner together in the car. And so that's what I told Heidi. I said, Heidi, why don't we just park for a little while she said no you got to go home and i said well i don't want to eat without you so let's, let's go on the side and so we did parked in the parking lot and then we ate and then we went home and i thought thank you lord because it could have turned into a train wreck right men as soft as eh, you answer <laughs> it's like <laughs> i was just testing you just testing you some of your eyes went big like gay hey, put me in that special situation But it it happens, we we tend to find ourselves in situations where we don't treat each other as we should and our prayers are hindered that way. So God says, well, let's train in this then. So for the next 40 days, with those 40-second prayers, also with that, treat each other as, as we should. Lest our prayers be hindered. The second thing is to be consistent. Not only does it take training when it comes to prayer, but you need to be consistent. Any athlete knows this, that you have to be consistent in what you're doing. If you're learning a certain skill, you have to be consistent. If you're playing basketball, you have to do the same thing over and over and over so when the time comes to it, in a split second, you can make the shot you need to make or the free throw that you need to make. You do the same thing over and over to build muscle memory as well as to build the necessary components in thinking so that when it comes down to it, you know what to do. There's consistency. That's why athletes practice the same thing over and over even though it may be uncomfortable. They're trying to get it correct. So you need consistency in prayer. Same thing, so that you can develop that habit. First, uh, excuse me, First, Thessalonians 5, 17 and 18 tells us to pray without ceasing, which means keep that open door with God, that there's never a stop time when it comes to prayer. Yes, we say amen, which means so be it. But what we're also doing is keeping that open communication with God. We're not running from him. We're staying close to him. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. Not for everything. In everything. So no matter what we're going through, we're not thankful for this sickness. We're not thankful that we're in debt. We're not thankful for those things. But in those things, we can give thanks. Lord, I know I'm not doing well health-wise. I know I'm not doing well financially. Or I'm doing some things that are not pleasing to you. But Lord, I still give you thanks. I may be far from you. I may be distant from you. I may be mad at you. Whatever it is, I still give you thanks. That honors God. Because in everything, we can still give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Have you ever wondered what the will of God is? It's right here. That in everything, give thanks. And Jesus gives an example, a powerful parable on being consistent in Luke chapter 18 and I'll read from verses one through eight. And he gives this brilliant story. He says, One day, or, or one day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. So Jesus speaks and he says, There was a, there was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. Well, a widow, a widow of that city, came to him repeatedly saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly, but when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? See, Jesus is saying, you you know that I'll be there for you. I'm going to be there for you. But do you live that way? Do you live as if I'm there for you, that I will be there for you? Because it's one thing to know it's another thing, another thing to live what you know. And that's what Jesus was saying when it came to prayer and being consistent, being persistent. We know what we need to be doing, but he's saying, are you living that way? Are you doing the things you know? That's how we're blessed. You know these things, but you're blessed when you do them. That's his principle. So be consistent in your prayers. And even though we know, he still is showing us the way. Has, have you have you, your children ever said that to you? You tell them the same thing over and over. You tell them, hey, you know, I told you clean your room. I told you do this. And remember, I told you stay away from that boy. I told you stay away from that girl. Stop texting these people. What are you doing on your phone? And they they say these two powerful words. They say, I know. I know, mom. I know, dad. Hey, I told you don't to go that far with the car. I know. Then why you went? I don't know. What? So the I know statement. Yeah, God knows we know, but he's, he's seen if we're going to do them. So when it comes to prayer, be consistent. And then the last thing, prayer takes sacrifice and obedience. There's sacrifice that comes with prayer. Now, there are times that you're going to want to pray, and then there are going to be times where you don't want to pray. And sometimes, maybe your spouse, maybe they're, you know, Uh, been coming to church or maybe they know jesus and and maybe you're you're not there yet but you come to church you you want to be together with the family or whatever it is but prayer is not your thing that we say this that's not my thing honey that's your thing so you go do that or or maybe the husband comes to church and the wife is saying no honey that's your thing but then when you pray together it's it's difficult because maybe one of you is trying to help the other person learn how to pray they're saying honey you pray oh no I'll not pray. No, pray. Come on, honey. Everybody watching. <laughs> and it puts them in a weird predicament. So learning to pray, being consistent in praying, is also the sacrifice and the obedience. So if, if you're trying to help someone to pray, be gracious with them and don't force them. Set an example. Because they might be praying behind closed doors. You don't know. No, they're not praying. I listen. They're not praying. But we're, we're all trying to learn. So just be gracious with each other. That's a sacrifice on our part as a believer. That we're patient enough to help others come along. And then we let them grow in the Lord. So just watch, watch that uh, side of it that we can make that sacrifice as well as be obedient. And that sacrificial part actually comes from the New Testament. That, that was their worship. That they would sacrifice animals to the Lord and be obedient to him in the laws of God. And so that hasn't changed. We still have sacrifice. We still obey God. And you might be thinking, but I'm far from God. Or or maybe someone who you know, maybe a family member or friend or close relative always asks you to pray. And the reason why they ask you to pray is not because they don't know how to. Maybe they're learning about it. But most of the times they turn to you because they're using you as an intercessor. Sometimes they see you as the one closer to God. And sometimes they'll tell you that. Can you pray for me? You're close to God. You talk to him. So pray for me. That's okay. You find it an honor when people ask you to pray for them. See it as an honor and a privilege because God is using you on behalf of that person. It's called intercessory prayer. It's like an intersection. That person is at the intersection of life and they don't know where to go. And God says, you're going to intercede. And I'm going to use you in that kind of way. Isaiah 59 verses 1 and 2 says, listen. The Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor is his ear too deaf to hear you call. It's your sins that have cut you off from God. And because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. Sometimes our prayers are hindered because of our sin. And it's like earphones. If you have earphones and you plug in earphones and you're listening to music or a podcast or a video of some sort, it's like someone coming with a scissors and cutting the cord. You still have the earphones in, you still have the device, but nothing can come through because the cord is cut. And that's like sin. Sin comes in our life and it cuts our relationship with God, right? It cuts the connection with God. And so when we're praying to him, because of that sin, it hinders our prayer. And so he says, that's where you need to come before me. You get washed, clean, ask for forgiveness, and I'll forgive you and make that connection once again. That's where the sacrifice comes in and our obedience. That we sacrifice things that we know we shouldn't be doing so that we can be obedient to the things that we should be doing. And now our prayers are being answered. James chapter 5, verse 6 says, To confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Let's read this part together. Ready? Go. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Yeah, there's a principle here that the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. We don't become righteous in ourselves. We're righteous because of Christ. So when Christ is in us and he washes us, our prayers avail much. But if it's full of sin, then it doesn't avail much. And sometimes we live how we want and then pray to God when the consequences come. And the Bible says, no, no, that's not how it works. The prayer The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. That's someone who is righteous in Christ, not by their works. Because our works lead us astray and our works lead us to sin. But he's saying, no, 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 you're going to do good works because I live in you. You don't do good works, so I live in you. And now we pray to him, he can answer our prayers. So when the disciples said, Jesus, teach us how to pray, we get the most beautiful of prayers the most wonderful prayers that we have ever heard. And it's found in Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 13. And we're going to read this together. Some of us know this, but I'm going to read it so that we can stay on target. And Jesus gave this as a, as a template so that we could learn from it. And as we pray this together, you can use this uh, during your 40 days of prayer and use it as your template to know what to pray for specifically. But we're going to pray this prayer together. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Ready, go. After this manner... Therefore pray ye, Here we go, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as it, earth as it is, in earth as it is in heaven. Sorry. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So Jesus gave this to his disciples and he said, in this manner, this is how you are to pray. And so when we think of our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, we're coming to God with adoration. We're approaching him with holiness and reverence. Hallowed be thy name. That kingdom come, that will be done in earth as it is in heaven. What we're saying is, in heaven, God's will is being done. In earth, very rarely is it being done. So God, can you, can you have your will be done here in this earth so that we can see your kingdom at hand? Give us this day our daily bread. In other words, Lord, can you provide? We pray over our finances. We pray over our work, our resources. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us, forgive us our debts, our, our sins, our trespasses. And forgive those who have trespassed against us, who have sinned against us. So while we're asking for forgiveness, we're giving forgiveness. That's why he said, if you don't forgive others, how can your heavenly father forgive you? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord, help me to stay away from temptation. Lead me away from that stuff. I don't want to be caught up in that. Keep me away from the evil one. So if there's anything evil in me, Lord, remove that. And if there, there are evil things surrounding me and evil that I'm doing... Help me to stay away from that. Because it's your kingdom. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. In other words, Lord, you reign supreme forever. Everything is under your authority. So you reign and rule and you have the power forever and ever, ever and ever. You are the eternal God. And then he ends with, Amen. So be it. And so you follow that. Use that as a, as a great template. And then in this next 40 days, watch your prayer life begin to take root. And then watch what happens and let's see what God does. Jesus also did something that we still do today. We pray before we eat. Jesus started this with communion. He broke bread with his disciples. Now we may not do communion before we eat dinner or we don't use it as communion, but that's where that practice comes from. Jesus prayed During that time of communion, we're gonna receive communion and I'm I'm gonna ask the ushers to pass out the juice and the bread. And um, before they do that, we're gonna pray. And I'm gonna give you an opportunity to hear the Lord right now. And for some of you, you've never said yes to Jesus. So I'm gonna give you an opportunity to receive Him as Lord and Savior. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads for a moment before we receive communion. And I I just wanna give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Otherwise, communion wouldn't really mean anything to you because communion is for the life of a believer. It reminds us about what Jesus has done. He says, to do this in remembrance of me. And if you're here today and you're saying, you know, I've never given Jesus my heart. I've never said yes to him. And if that's you and you're saying, I, I want Jesus in my heart, could you just lift the hand real briefly and we'll pray together. Yeah, God sees you. God sees your hand. And if you want Jesus in your life, yeah, you want to pray that? Okay. You've never said yes to Jesus, but today we can pray together. Okay. God sees you too. Okay. God sees you right there. We're going to pray together. Okay. You can put your hands down. As you pray this prayer, you include your heart. and It's a prayer of salvation, eternal life, and eternity in heaven with God, a perfect place. So as i say the words you just include your heart and here's our prayer heavenly father forgive me of my sins wash me clean and make me brand new i believe you died on the cross you rose from the grave to give me eternal life i trust you and i ask for your help as i pray for the next 40 days In Jesus' name I pray, and we all said together, amen, amen.